For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Amen. Open your Bible with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 10 as we continue our study through the book of Corinthians. And this is where Paul has wrote a letter to the church in Corinth addressing some issues, some problems, uh, things they needed to set straight. Amen. And he is pointing them the right way. And we can take this into our life today and apply it today. And it's just as effective as it was back then. Amen. Because God's word never changes. He said, my word will not return void. Amen. So look with me now in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 10. The Bible says, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me, As a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Take heed. Take heed on how he builds it. Right? Watch out what you're doing. Nobody can lay another foundation. That was laid by Jesus Christ. Christ. That is the foundation. He is the cornerstone that we are to build upon. But he does say, be careful, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Do it right. Do it the way the Bible says. And he means that it's a solemn thing to exercise the teaching and preaching in the local church. Amen. Some have come to Corinth. There was some that, that come to Corinth with teaching that was contrary to God's word. As many do today, there's many false teachers and false preachers that is contrary to the word of God. Oh, wait, they might even use a verse out of the Bible and they might build their whole doctrine off that verse, which you can't do that. You can't pluck a verse out of the Bible, out of context and build a whole doctrine upon it because you can make that verse say anything that you want it to. You've got to make sure that it lines up with all the rest of scripture amen so he said there were some false teachers some false preachers and he says i have laid the foundation as the master builder now jesus christ is that foundation there is no other foundation and let me just say this when you're building a building you go in they assess the ground they might clear the lot they scrape the dirt off the ground they come in they they compact it they might even bring in some fresh dirt so that so that it looks good And what is the most important process in building a building? Well, it's the foundation. 
Because the, if the building is a thousand stories tall, made out of gold and brass and shiny things and looks great and is big and magnificent, but yet the foundation is weak and it crumbles, it does not matter how big or strong or massive of a building you build if the foundation is wrong. Why? Because everything rests on that foundation. It must be trustworthy. It must be tried. It must be true. You must know that it's always, always going to hold up under pressure. And listen, Jesus Christ laid that foundation for us. It's tried. It's true. Amen. So Paul here was, was warning people that there's a foundation, but take heed what you build thereupon. In other words, don't go the wrong way. Don't, don't follow a false teacher. Don't make up your own doctrine. No, you do what the Bible says. Amen. Look with me now in verse number 11. For other foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Only one foundation is required for a building. You don't need two. You just need one foundation. Once it is laid, and it never has to be repeated. Once you've done it, once it's done, it never has to be repeated. What Jesus did on the cross never has to be repeated. Amen. He laid that foundation that can be built upon. The Apostle Paul had laid the foundation at the church at Corinth. And that foundation was Jesus Christ and the finished work of the cross. And from there, the people of God, the preacher of God, can build thereupon by preaching God's word, by seeing people saved, by bringing people into the church that have been born again, baptized, and watch them grow and prosper in the Lord and grow spiritually. Build, that's building thereupon. It's not the building itself. It's not the great and beautiful windows and the cross on top. And although all those things are great and wonderful, and I'm not taking away from it, but that's not the kind of building he's talking about building. He's talking about building people, talking about building new disciples, talking about people getting saved, people coming in the church. Maybe you could consider it running out, picking kids up on the bus, inviting people to church, spreading the gospel, amen, building there upon bringing them into the finished work that Jesus did to stand on that foundation, that solid rock that Jesus is. Amen? That solid rock that's always there, that you can trust, that's trustworthy, that's tested, that's tried, it's true, it'll never fail, it'll never crumble, it'll never crack. Amen? It, you can stand on it. Look with me now verse number 12. Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, Silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Preaching and teaching in a local church can be considered gold and silver. It will last. It will not get burned up like wood, hay, and stubble. And so this passage is, is commonly referred to, to the Christian life, to the person, and you can apply it that way. You can apply it to yourself and what you're building your life upon. But remember that he's writing this letter to the church body as a whole, to the church. Just keep that in mind as you're, as you're, as you're thinking on this. Now, it starts individually, and then we come together collectively as the church. Amen? 
And so the more people that are right with God, the stronger the church is going to be. And let me just say this. A strong church is made up of strong families. And a strong nation is made up of strong churches. Amen? But it all starts with an individual being strong in the Lord. So does it rest on you? Does, is he talking to the whole church here? Yes. But the responsibility, the responsibility lies upon each and every individual that they be right with God, that they build upon gold, silver, and, and precious stones. Amen? And, and very well be talking about that the preaching and teaching of God's Word in the church. The preachers, the teachers that they build, that they build upon gold, silver, and precious stones, and not wood, hay, and stubble. Not making themselves look good. Not wanting the glory for themselves, but giving all the glory to God. Pointing everyone to Christ. It's all about Him. And verse 13 said, Every man's work shall be made manifest. Now that right there ought to stop and make you think. Every man's, everything that you've done, all your work is going to be made manifest. It's going to be brought forth and judged. It says, for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Service that has brought glory to God. And that's, that's gold, that's silver, not, not a blessing to man. Not, not something for you. You may get a blessing out of, out of it, but all the glory should go to God. And that, that is like the gold and silver and the precious stones. They will not be affected by the fire. You cannot burn them up. All it will do when you, when you put gold and you, you melt it down and you smelt it, they call it, the only thing that, that goes away is the impurities. It'll rise to the top and they scrape it off the top. But the gold itself or the silver itself will remain. It will not go anywhere. However, if you put wood, hay, and stubble in there, it'll burn. It will incinerate into nothing. There will be nothing left. It will be hollow and meaningless and pointless. And such is the glory of a man. All the glory belongs to God. None of us are worthy, but he is worthy. Amen. Jesus is worthy. He should get all the glory because without him, we could do nothing. Even in the ministry world, if you want to look at it that way, we could do nothing without him. And we are so naturally selfish. Let me just say this. Please keep yourself in check, and I mean that in the most humble way, because we naturally will be drawn to pride. We naturally like it when people lift us up. We naturally like it when people praise us. But careful with that, because it builds pride in your life, and it builds pride in your heart. And those things are wood, hay, and stubble. They are. They are wood, hay, and stubble. And you might even, it might start bringing you or leaning to do more for yourself instead of do more for God. Why? Because you'll start to get the glory out of it instead of God getting the glory. Amen? So just be careful with that is all I'm saying. I mean that in the most loving way. Verse 14 says, If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive 
a reward. The work that you've done, if it makes it through the fire, if it lasts, the Bible says that he shall receive a reward, a reward for all the glory and all the praise that you've brought to the Lord Jesus Christ, all the people that you've pointed to him, the life that you've lived, the things that you've done, the money that you gave, the encouragement that you had, the scripture that you memorized, all those things, all those things will build up rewards in heaven. Now let's just put a side note there. The Bible says even the crowns that will be rewarded, well, we will cast them at Jesus's feet, amen, because we're not worthy, but he is. So even the rewards that we get we'll we'll cast them at jesus's feet amen to that and i look forward to that day and many times i have to check myself how am why am i doing this what is my motive am i doing it out of the love for the lord jesus christ would i still do it if nobody else was watching and nobody else knew and that's how you know if you're really doing it for god or for yourself you can check yourself on and be honest with yourself. And that's not easy because we are masters at deceiving our own self. And the Bible tells you that. The Bible says that the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things who can know it. Because even as a saved person, even as a born again person, you have the Holy Spirit living within you. We still have that flesh nature. As long as we're in this body, we will be fighting with that flesh until the day we die, or the day Jesus comes back it's a battle each and every day and that's why paul said i die daily he had to work at it each and every day verse 15 if any man's work shall be burned he shall suffer loss but he himself shall be saved yet so as by fire the man is saved despite the fact that his works all the works that he had are, are done. They're consumed. They're gone. They're incinerated. He has nothing left. But yet he himself will be saved. Amen. The Bible says if you're saved, if you're born again, you are sealed unto the day of redemption. You are, you are not going to lose your salvation because your salvation does not depend on you. It depends on the finished work Jesus did on the cross. And so the Bible's telling you here that even all your works, if all your works get burned up, you yourself will be saved as by fire. That's what it says. Like by the skin of your teeth, in other words, that you're going to make it. But the works that you've done for yourself, they'll all be burnt up. So the believer's salvation is not at all in question at the judgment seat of Christ, but it's just the service that he did for the Lord. And let me just say this as a side note. There's some people pulled some thing out of this verse that are not there. There's some religions that this is where they get purgatory from, and it's nowhere in there. There is no thought that fire purifies the character of man in this verse. There is no such thing as purgatory in the Bible. Verse 16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Read that. Let's read that again. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Now, it's true that every individual believer is also a temple, is also a temple of God indwelt by the Holy Spirit. But maybe is that the thought here? Because you remember, he's writing to the church, to the people. And so the apostle is looking at the church collectively as a, as a, as a group. And he wishes them to realize how holy 
and how how much dignity they should have and they should exuberate that they should show as a church what how the community should see them they should see that that these people these people are christ-like these people are full of god these people have the holy spirit dwelling within them these people are humble servants of god amen and so even though it starts individually we're all responsible for keeping ourselves right and in check with god But how powerful is it when you have a church that comes together that truly loves each other and truly loves the Lord? Amen. How powerful is that to the community when people see that? That's what the Bible says, that you'll know my disciples for the love that you have for one another. You see, because when you're truly saved, you're drawn to the church. You're drawn to other people of like faith. You're drawn to the scripture. You're drawn to the preaching of God's word. You desire that, that spirit that is within you. It desires that and it draws you to it. Amen. So it is. it does start individually as each and every person, but he's also talking to the whole church here, to the whole collective body. Know ye not that you're the temple of God and the spirit of God dwelleth in you? Question mark. Don't you love that when, like when Jesus, a lot of times to get people's attention to make them think, he would ask them a question. And can I just say you should use that when you're witnessing to people or when you're talking to people. Ask them a question that will make them think about their own self and they will answer it their own self. Oh, how effective that truly is. And what a strategy Jesus laid when he showed us that. Let's look at the next verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. The the Bible says, and that's strong there, that if a man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. If you have a false teacher that comes into a, a, a local church and he divides it and tears it apart, I believe God's going to judge that. Absolutely. God is not happy with that. And him will God destroy. And we wonder, why doesn't God do it right now? Well, God doesn't get any pleasure in the death of the wicked, the Bible says. He doesn't get any pleasure in that. And God's mercies are new every day. And that person could get right with God or get saved, whichever it is. Because if God dealt with us in that way, if it was just a right now, God would have took us out the first time we sinned. God would have got rid of us the first time we messed up. Amen. But that is serious. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. And it can also be on an individual basis. If you're saved, if you're born again, but you're living in sin, listen, you are quenching the Holy Spirit. And there's nobody more miserable than a, than a Christian that has chose to live in sin each and every day. You see, because the Holy Spirit will make them miserable because they are dragging God. They are literally dragging God through that sin because the Holy Spirit is in you. No matter where you're at, what you're saying, what you're watching, what you're drinking, what you're doing, He is in you. And you are quenching and hurting God when you do that. Even though you're hurting yourself like a parent, when they look down and they see their, if their child is hurting their own self, man, that hurts you so deep as a parent. And you want to do everything, even though they're hurting their self, you want to do everything you can to stop them. You see, God's much like that when he's in us. 
He loves us so much that when he sees us hurting ourselves, he wants us to stop it. He's going to do everything he can to get our attention. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, God might allow somebody to get to the end of their rope. And God says, okay, I know they're not going to get right. I know they're not going to turn back. And that's it. It's time. Their time is up. Why? Because you belong to him if you're saved. You are not your own. You are bought with a price. Amen? Look with me now in verse number 18. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool, that he may be wise. Notice that verse says, let no man deceive himself. You remember what I said? That we are masters at lying to ourselves at fooling ourselves, Let no man deceive himself. The Bible says, if any among you seem to be wise in the world, let him become a fool. See, the world thinks you're foolish if you're saved, if you're born again. If you put all your faith and trust in what the Bible says, they think you're a fool. Are you crazy? You believe that old book was written by people thousands of years ago? What does that have to do with me? What it has to do with you is it's God's holy word. And he's speaking to you. And so in order for a person to get right with God, they've got to do what the world would think would be foolish. And they've got to put all their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ in God's word. Amen. He says, if any among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. Now that doesn't even really make sense if you didn't know about scripture, but it truly does. In other words, dump all that worldly wisdom, get rid of all that junk, pick up God's word, which is true wisdom, amen, that he can make you wise. Because men can come up with some pretty smart things, which we think are smart, but they're nothing, nothing compared to God's wisdom, amen. God knows all What's going to happen? What happened? How it's going to happen? Where it's going to happen? Look with me now in verse number 19. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. For the wisdom of the world is foolishness with God. If you want to see something funny, not funny, I shouldn't use that word, but if you want to look back in history and see how foolish we really are as people, Look, look back at who came up with hand washing. It was a doctor. But yet he, when he said you need to wash your hands before you see a patient, they mocked him. They made fun of him. It wasn't like a great thing. Oh, he just came up with this great thing and they praised him. No, they, they kind of put him down for it. But yet he came up with the best thing that a person could ever do. It, and that is to wash your hands. And we still use that today. Amen? And so if you look back, you would think, well, man, how foolish were they back then? They, you mean they didn't wash their hands before they saw another patient? And we look back and we say, man, that's foolish. But how foolish are the things that we do? We might look back in our life and go, man, I was an idiot back then. Man, I'm not even the same person anymore. Man, I've been changed. But listen, when you're in God's wisdom, when you're in God's wisdom, amen, You'll never have to look back and say that, that I was wrong, or I was foolish, or I messed up. Verse 20 says, And again the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise man, that they are vain. The Lord knoweth the thoughts of a wise man. He knows every thought that person has. He knows every hair on their head. He knows them better than they know their self. God knows you better than you know yourself. Amen. 
And, but he wants you, he wants you to choose him. He wants you to choose true wisdom. And where does true wisdom come from? It comes from God's word. And you would think, well, man, there's some foolish things in that Bible, that big boat they built and that crazy talking donkey. No, God's book is full of true wisdom. And God tells you how to get to heaven. Repent of your sins. Put your faith and trust in the finished work that Jesus Christ did on the cross, that you may be saved, that you may be, become, as a fool, you will become wise. Amen. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.